Welcome, welcome to another edition of the Raw Mind Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Jones. We got Dennis Cox of 99, the fan. I'm going to let him introduce himself after, as what I always say, Raw Mind, Raw Thoughts. Hit my music. You're on time to talk sports with Raw Mind. Game day, who plays with updates of all kinds. From press box to sideline. Who got cut, who got signed. Who's clutch when it's crunch time. The starting lineup or the pine. These athletes compete, some without even trying. You want a championship, you gotta grind. When them bright lights shine, and this game go nine. They gon' cover the story, not quite like Ryan. Exclusive interviews, dudes plug like Mike Line. He's got the inside scoop of why, who got fine. Prime, time, got the game statistics. I could say, if you wasn't at the game, you missed it. But now Raw Mind Sports covers the distance. Front row, that's close like a coach's assistant. You wanna be in the know? Eyes open and listen. This is Raw Mind Sports, another edition. And welcome to another edition of Raw Mind Sports. Again, I'm your host, Ryan Jones. And Dennis, it's your first time on the show. I, I yeah, hope man. You, I li- hope you like the um the intro. It's probably a little different. I know. That was fire, man. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> hold on. Like, I need something like this in my life. I need I need, I need, need a dope, you know, Titan Tron like they have in wrestling. I need, I need all of this. <laughs> I need all of this. <laughs> With that being said, man, introduce yourself, Dennis, to, to the viewers. Uh, so, yeah, Dennis Cox over at 99.9 The Fan, based in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, I also co-host a uh, Panthers Playbook podcast, which is uh, my co-host, Chris Lee, WRL Sports. Uh, for those who may be uh, used to him from his time in Greensboro when he worked at WXII, also worked at 102 Jams out there. So we have um, we have our, our podcast we host uh, twice a week at Covering the Carolina Panthers, and let's just say there's always something to talk about when it comes to the Carolina Panthers <laughs> right now. Not a lot oh, of good. No question. Not a lot no of question. good, but there's always something to talk about. <laughs> so that being said, Dennis, um, let's go ahead, and, and this show is sponsored by Freedom. One of the topics of the show is pre- sponsored by Freedom and Faith Agency. Call Linwood at 919-817-7018. Use promo code RollMind. Use promo code RollMind. Get a 15% discount. Let's stop with the GoFundMes at any moment, people. He's telling you in the world that Anything can happen at any moment. Get life insurance. Get covered. Make sure you don't have to do things that you don't have affordable to take care of your families in sad and very distraught times. Use promo code RawMind. Use promo code RawMind for that. And um, with that being said, let's go to college football real quick. So ah. I have I have a thing um I would like to discuss here, man. Um, mm. we have the college football playoff, and I would like to know how you feel. <laughs> One thing about Raw Mind Sports is always unscripted, and I couldn't help about sneezing, but bless me. I hope y'all bless me, even Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, <laughs> we have the playoffs here on the way yep. Monday, and a lot of people have some some different feelings about who are the teams in the playoffs. And this um topic is sponsored by Essential Collections by Monica Ritz. Essential Collections by Monica Ritz. Use the promo code RawMind. Use the promo code RawMind. You'll get a 15 but percent discount on your products and she has handmade homegrown hand soap bar soap skin conditioner body wash for kids cold bombs that you put in the tub to make sure kids get rid of colds you know check a website out so now dennis i go to you um we have this final four but a lot of people were really serious about Florida State not getting in. And oh, guess yeah. what? The floor is yours. <laughs> oh, yeah, Florida State not getting in. Um, I, I've said this live on radio on the shows that I produce and host. Um, I thought it was a pretty cowardly move by the college football playoff committee to Ooh, not put woo! Florida State in there. Because let's be honest, it's 
it's pretty disrespectful to the entire Florida State team to sit there and say, hey, you know what? Just because your starting quarterback got hurt, you're not you're not good enough now. Like you're not worthy enough. Look, I get it. There's the eye test and all that kind of stuff, but guess what? You earned the right to get there. Like you won the games, you did everything that you were supposed to do. And as opposed to saying, hey, look, this team overcame for multiple games not having their starting quarterback and also not having their backup quarterback because he got hurt too. And they still found a way to win games, including on the road at an SEC opponent in Florida, including a team ranked in the top 15 at the time in Louisville in the ACC championship game. So you completely discredited all those guys because the quarterback got hurt. I think it's a pretty cowardly move. And guess what? If they would have got their butts whipped, fine. They earned the right to go get their butts kicked. And I know there's the conversation of, well, they didn't want the you know TCU to happen again. You know, the TCU get blown out by Georgia in the national championship mm-hmm. game. And like, we didn't want TCU to happen again. I was like, you went, you didn't want TCU to happen again. Did you forget that TCU beat Michigan in the college football playoff semifinal last year? Like, did you forget that? Like they earned the right to go get their butts whipped by Georgia, but they (laughs) earned that right. And here's the thing. It could have been Michigan could have got their butts kicked in that game. Who knows? Georgia was a juggernaut last season, but you earned the right. And if I get my tail kicked, at least I earned the right to go get my tail kicked. So I thought it was a cowardly move by the college football playoff committee by not putting him in. I, I agree. I agree at the same time, even though I had my doubts in here and there, and I do understand mm-hmm. the competition and the nature of it, but at the same time, they deserve it. Well, I like, I had a conversation the other day with somebody, and they were talking about like the ACC. Like, we think about the dominant um, conferences, although I'm going to miss, I don't know about you, Dennis, I'm going to miss the Pac 12 because the yeah. Pac 12 just had its side. And out, they've never been like super strong defensively, but they have been like, some fun football to watch from offensive offensive talent in and there. Like I, I don't understand. I just hate this going away. But people would talk about like the ACC always had that one team. I can't see that one team that uh always uh you know finds its way. Like Clemson has been dominant for years for a while in a decade. Mm-hmm. They went away. Do you always have another team? But I think they think the ACC is not dominant. But for me, if you look at this schedule right here, you know. I, I thought Washington coach was going to win the uh, – Pendens was going to win the um, Heisman Trophy. But, you know, that didn't go that way. Um, mm-hmm. Alabama's going to be tough. One of my friends, Thomas, this should be called the Alabama Invitational. <laughs> but for me, <laughs> this is a guy that told me the other day on the podcast. And I was saying, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I will say this, man. I would love to see Florida State in it just off the principle. It's like the principle of that yeah. body of work and what it was and, like, the principle of that. Now, this the next part. My raw thoughts on my show, I don't, I'll don't. let you answer this as well. I wouldn't want to be on the committee. I don't know how much money gets paid because I feel like raw thoughts, somebody going to be mad about something. How, oh, how absolutely. I don't want oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Dennis. Like, yeah, you're going you're gonna to piss somebody off. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. You're going to – here's the thing. In, in my opinion – you get the top four, like you get the top four, then you you figure out the seeding and stuff from in there. Like, honestly, if you go based off resume, Washington should be number one. But Washington, mm. Michigan, Florida State, that's those three should have been automatic. Like, right. one, two, three. We have three conference champions that are unbeaten, 13-0 and 0 from Power 5 conferences. One, two, three. Like, those three are automatic in. Okay, you figure out who the fourth one is. Let's look at our other two conference champions. We have Texas, Alabama. Okay. They each have one loss. Whoa, let's go to the head-to-head. Oh, Alabama lost to Texas. Boom, there's your fourth. Done. Like, there it is. Like, there's your fourth school. Now, if you want to say Texas is the three and Florida State's the four, whatever, I would have been okay with that. 
But I'm like, to me, it really wasn't that difficult of a decision in my eyes. It really wasn't. But they, again, they <clears throat> were like, well, Jordan Travis was hurt. I'm like, get out of here. Like, <laughs> like, who cares? Like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, Philadelphia Eagles, you can't go into the playoffs because, you know, Carson Wentz got hurt. You got to play with Nick yeah. Foles. Like, who yeah. cares? You know, like, hey. I forgot about it. Yeah. Like, I, it doesn't matter. To me, it doesn't matter. Like, it's all about what the team did. We, we always talk about football being the ultimate team sport. I mean, we talk quarterback so much in media anyway. It's like now the quarterback talk is infiltrating the selection committee. Yeah, like, that's just, like I said earlier, it's cowardly move. Like, to me, it was easy. But, yeah, you're going to catch flack no matter what you decide. You're always going to catch crap. And that's, you know what? You signed up for it. That's part of the job. Catching crap is part of the job description. Yeah, that's raw thoughts. So I'm going to ask you another question now. With How would you do the playoff? Would you, like, add more teams? Because, like, people thought, like, Georgia was so dominant, even though they lost to Alabama. Mm -hmm. People really thought that Georgia would have still been here. Um, Another thing, let's talk about that first. I got one more question on this topic. But go ahead. How, how did you feel about, like, what would you do for the playoff brackets? Well, I mean, next year it goes to 12. So, I mean, it is changing. And that, I think that's something we have to keep in mind is that, yeah, this is the last year of the four teams. And I think it's good that it's expanding for, for this sense. When they decided to do the college football playoff and they did four, it's like, well, you have five power conferences, right? Well, mm -hmm. the system was already set up for one to get screwed. And it actually mm. finally came to fruition this year with Florida State. Like one, one school, one conference was already, it was, it was set up for this to happen from the beginning when you went to four. It's like, well, we have five power conferences. Like, well, for example, what if there are five unbeaten power conference, like power five champions? Like, what would you do then? It's like, one's got to be stuck out. Like, what would you do? Like, that's what the system set up. So the system set this up. Like, this is a byproduct of the system. So it's a good thing that they're actually expanding into 12 next year. Because then, okay, we go to 12 next season. Then you're looking at, all right, seeding. That's, that's really what it comes down to is that. Like, right. okay, Florida State's the fifth. It's like, well, you could argue that they should have been third because they're unbeaten, right. but they're still in at least. You know, so this year, the or after this year, the college football playoffs expanding to 12, uh, which I think is a good thing that it's expanding. I, mm. I don't know. I think eventually they'll probably go to 16, but nonetheless, you know, expansion I think is was the right thing because, like I said, it was already set up for failure in some way, shape, or form, and we actually finally saw it this year. No, no question. I, I felt like at first I was going to say, like, the top 25 should, like, play it out. But I know that would probably be too much and probably a stream. But I yeah. also but I also think about, like, college football, man. There's so many teams from everywhere. Like, a team like Liberty made it the top 25, and they mm -hmm. had a, a good bowl game. But you probably look at their, their strength of schedule. It wasn't really, you know, great. I think they was, like, in the – I want to say the 60s or between the 60s and the 100s. I can't remember what it was, and I don't want to – don't quote me on it. But I feel like it's just so many teams to choose from, and that's what makes it hard. Now, for Texas, they have a quarterback that's leaving that's going to Duke and Murphy. Yeah, Malik Murphy. You think Art ready? Or you think Arch Manning is ready for his moment, and why? Or you think Bill Ewers is still there? They're like... Well, uh, Quinn Ewers hasn't decided yet if he's coming back, or he hasn't announced yet. By, by all accounts, it looks like he is coming mm -hmm. back to Texas next year, which is probably a good thing for Arch Manning. It's like, you know what? You, this is your true freshman year. You redshirted. I think he may have played like a few snaps, you know, because of that eligibility rule stuff. So he can sit for another year behind Quinn Ewers, continue to develop. Then he can come in and be the starter and be the guy. So I think it was a good decision by Malik Murphy understanding this. Like, well, if Quinn Ewers is coming back, 
and then there's Arch Manning waiting in the wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's my third guy here now. I'm like, it's, it's a, I need to go somewhere yeah. so I can actually play. Otherwise, I'm just going to sit the bench for four years or five years. And what's the fun in that? None. So I think he, I mean, Duke landed, a, I think, a pretty talented prospect in, in Malik Murphy. So someone who has a couple starts under the belt against BYU and Kansas State earlier this season, just kind of kept the machine rolling while Quinn Ewers was out with his injury. So I think it's a good pickup with Malik Murphy for for Duke because he has three, year, three years of eligibility left. And that's a good thing for Manny Diaz because he probably needs the guy because Riley Leonard transfer portal up to, to Notre right, Dame. Right. And then you had Henry Bielen and Grayson Loftus this year as freshmen that really didn't do much. Loftus was okay, but it's like, all right, I, we need a dude. And Malik Murphy can come in and be a dude for you right from the get-go. But Arch Manning, he gets another year to kind of rest, not rest, uh, to develop, get reps in practice. And then when Quinn Ewers decides to go to the NFL after next season, then you can step in and be the dude. Uh, no question, no question. And um, while I'm at it, I'm gonna go ahead and pull this up. And I'm quite well. Let's start here. Let's start here. I'm gonna go ahead and take this one off. And let's start here. NC oh. State football and UNC offseason needs. And by the way, you know NC State took a tough loss yesterday. Um, NC State did beat um UNC football, and there was some raw thoughts that got heard, and huh. a lot of confrontation about that um how do you feel about nc state football coming into next season and do you think that unc can the past two years i apparently they they just didn't excel as expectations were there for them all right well i'll start with nc state i think nc state even though they lost in the in the pop tarts bowl to to kansas state i think all the momentum that they had at the end of the regular season carried over into the offseason now mm-hmm. yesterday would have been the cherry on top would have validated i think really everything about the end of the season like would have been just further confirmation of what they've done but the way that they were able to win five straight games to end out the regular season blowing out your rival in north carolina at home 39 20 at carter finley stadium that was a perfect cap to the season and right after the game you saw dave Doran was like hey folks we need people to donate to the collectives for NIL for current players to keep mm. guys and all that kind of stuff. Like we need that. We need that. And they had, again, a ton of momentum dealing with the stuff of MJ, uh, sorry, MJ Moore saying, Hey, you know what? I don't want to play. I want to keep my red shirt. So they had to go back to Brennan Armstrong, how he played all of that stuff. Nine win regular season. And guess what? They got a bunch of people that donated money to their collectives, you know, savage wolves and you know, pack of wolves, whatever that they are. Bunch of people started donating. Casey Concepcion's like sign, like he's coming back. So you don't have to worry about him going to the transfer portal. And then they go into the transfer portal. They get Grayson McCall, quarterback from Coastal Carolina. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the tight end from UConn was the highest rated tight end in the transfer portal. They got him. They got two offensive linemen, including a starter from Notre Dame to come in to transfer. And then mm-hmm. when you hit the recruiting mm-hmm. class to kind of balance it out, they got like four, four, four star receivers coming in. I know one of those receivers can also play running back, but they flipped, they flipped Kareem Jackson from Weddington high school uh, out there in Charlotte. Right, right. They flipped yeah, him Charlotte. from North Carolina to NC state. So it's like, wait a second. So yeah, even though they lost the pop tart bowl and it was disappointing, their season wasn't a disappointment because of that. So I think I mean, all that positive momentum, I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of a step back, I guess you can say, because they lost the, the bowl game, but still 
they built all that stuff from the end of the season through the way they did transfer portal recruiting. That this is a big upcoming offseason for Dave Dorn and NC State. So yeah, it was disappointing. They lost the Pop Tart Bowl, but their season wasn't a disappointment like Carolina's. Hey, no question. I, I for some reason, man, I didn't kind of I love Dorian's raw energy. Like he he is what he is, he says mm-hmm. what he says, he doesn't back down from it. It ain't gonna be no misquote, misscript, whatever. Whatever he says, whatever he says, he's gonna own up to it. Most coaches are like prepped to like this is what you need to say, this is what you need to say. Mm-hmm. I really think even though he may be prepped, it's like I'm still gonna say what I have to say, you know, and he it knows, is what it is. He knows what he's saying. Right, right. But um UNC football. Oh man. Like I said, <laughs> like I said, that, that season, that season was a disappointment. Like, there's no other way to describe it. It was a disappointing season. You'd be like, well, they only have one less win than NC State, but look at the context of how those losses came and look at what the expectations were. So if you look at UNC. They're strong the first four games. Like, they blow out South Carolina. They look dominant. Their defense had nine sacks in that game. You're like, okay, hold on. Like, one of the weak links that we saw at the end of last season was the defense. I was like, all right, defense got nine sacks. And then the first four games or so of the season, I was praising UNC's defense. Like, do you see how well they do on third down defensively? Like, they, other teams were converting, like, 33 to 34, 35% on third downs for the first like four or five weeks of the season. I was like, right. that's good. Like, that's awesome. Like, that's where you want to be. Like, any coach would take that day in and day out, no matter what level of football you're playing. Right. And then after four games, you got Tez Walker like eligible to play. Tez Walker is going to be a top 50 pick, most likely, in the NFL draft. I was like, and you added him to with Drake May, who's a top five pick, probably top three pick. Oh, and you also just had to have Armari and Hampton right there behind you as well. Like, like you had dudes all around you offensively, and you got to a point where you're ranked top ten in the in, in the nation, six and zero. Oh. Then you lose to Virginia at home. Like you let that one just go. It's like, all right, you get one. And then the next week you follow it up losing to Georgia Tech on the road. Like Jeez. you lost. Like you lost. If you actually, if you count the bowl, uh, count the bowl game, you lost five of your last seven games. Mm. And your two wins came against Duke in overtime, who was playing with Grayson Loftus, their third-string quarterback, a true freshman making his second start, and you beat Campbell. Like, those were your two wins. Like, that's it. That's it. You know, so, like, yeah, the expectations were a lot different as opposed to NC State that struggled a little bit to start the season. Offense really just couldn't get things clicking. Then they made the change at quarterback, and then they win five straight. You know, and they had to go back to their starting quarterback, Brendan Armstrong. So, but they won five straight games to end the regular season and they blew you out doing it. So, yeah, you can say, oh, we had eight wins. That's really good for some programs. <laughs> but for, I'm sorry, but for Carolina, your expectations were a lot different. Your expectations, your standards this season were a lot higher. And this is the second straight year where you cracked it at the end. Yeah, raw thoughts, raw thoughts. So before I um while I'm going to the next topic, since you brought up the transfer portal, like mm-hmm. transfer portal frenzy, is this the end of getting so many elite talented high school players coming out of high school with this transfer portal right away? No, I mean those guys gotta go somewhere, right? That's the thing. It's it's amazing. I hear people say, Oh, just go to the transfer portal and get guys. I was like, Well, who's if you're not recruiting, you know, four and five star guys, even three star guys out of high school, well, somebody is. 
And if that guy really falls in love with where he is and he's getting a lot of playing time, he's a lot of success, who says he's, who says he's going to go into the transfer portal? That's the thing. You still need to do it. Like, you still got to go in and get those four- and five-star guys. I mean, who's the best offensive player for NC State right now? It was Casey Concepcion, who was a true freshman this year. You know? Like, you, st- it, recruiting still matters. Right. Now, the thing is, recruiting is changing. How you're recruiting is changing. Now, and here's something to keep in mind, too. Like, you recruit guys heavily out of high school. They might choose another program, but when they go into the transfer portal, you have that relationship built. And it's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I should have gone to NCC or maybe I should have gone to Carolina or whatever it was. And then when you go into the transfer portal, it's like, hey, coach, I think I made the wrong choice. I actually really do want to come play for you. All right, cool. Come. Like, you still have to have that relationship with guys coming out of high school. Recruiting still matters. It still matters a ton because guess what? Alabama is still going to go and get four and five star guys, right? No question. So is Georgia. (laughs) So is USC. So is Texas. You still got to recruit high school guys. Yeah. Go into the portal and supplement your roster with those guys. Like we talked about with NC state, MJ Morris, the quarterback stuff didn't work out. All right. They need somebody for this upcoming year. They got the the veteran guy on Grayson McCall. They went and got a starter from, from, from Notre Dame. But those skill guys I talked about, they got those guys, most of them, again, recruiting. Recruiting still matters. Yeah, no question. Raw thoughts. I feel like recruiting does matter still a lot because, like, everybody ain't getting the best play out of the transfer portal. So exactly. you got to go find somewhere to get potential from. Like, yeah. I never understood that either. Like, you still have to go find these top five-star players and bring them in because, mm-hmm. again, everybody don't have enough. And then at the same time, you want to get this big recruit out of the transfer portal, but he decides to go elsewhere. You're still left with nothing. So that means mm-hmm. you have to go here and, and, and figure it out. I don't know. Some teams may have a top priority here. They have other teams that have a top priority there because people talking about Dion and how the transfer portal has so far been good to him at Colorado. We're going to see because they're going to a new conference, and we, we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. And um, for, for, for me, um, quickly, um, not quickly, but adding something else to the stage for you, Dennis. Oh, By the way, Dennis again. Most disappointed team in the NFL, sponsored Ooh. by Ainsley Construction Incorporated. Ainsley Construction Incorporated builds anything from housing to commercial properties, whatever you name. Use the promo code RawMind, use promo code RawMind, and they'll find a way to work out a great deal for you guys, whatever, for your next project. So go ahead, Dennis. Most disappointed team in the NFL. I can think of a few. <laughs> I give you two. I give you one AFC and I give you one NFC. Oh, I already know. All right, I'm gonna hit the AFC first because I know where the NFC going. But go ahead. <laughs> you know, you know. Um, I say the disappointing seasons. It's got to be the Jets, right? Whoo! I mean, as much as I, I trust me, I we hear enough conversations about the New York Jets and all that kind of stuff already on like the national media mm-hmm. stages. So I'm not going to dive too much into it, but the expectations were super high. Right. And then, okay. Your quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, got hurt. I think this is a, a bad decision by the front office. As soon as he went down with the Achilles injury, you should have went and made the play for whomever, like right. whether it was Josh Dobbs or somebody along those lines, you should have made the move right away as opposed to like, well, we'll see how things, you know, play out with, with, Zach Wilson, like you already knew who Zach Wilson was. There's a reason why you brought him Rodgers. You know, I think that was actually misman. I think it was actually 
a lot of the failure of this season actually falls, I think, on the front office for not being willing to make a move. It's like, all right, you clearly made a move for a quarterback because you felt like your team was ready to win right now. Okay, if you still felt like you had a ready-to-win-now team, why didn't you go get somebody for this year? Why didn't? After Aaron Rodgers went down, it happened at the very beginning of the first game. You had a long time to fix it, and you didn't. So that's and, my uh, AFC disappointment. No question, no question. My AFC disappointment, believe it or not, I'm going to go another way. But I will say this. My AFC disappointment, um, raw thoughts, I did pick the Jets and the 49ers in the Super Bowl. But that's not my disappointment. No. But, <laughs> I have Bills Niners. So good. I want full Chris Yeah, Brown. I mean, now now I will say Bills because the Bills have the number one offensive line in the AFC, although Baltimore is playing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, AFC-wise, to me, Right now, even though it sounds crazy saying this, but it's still there, is the Chiefs in a way. And mm, I say this okay. because the L.A. Chargers, playoff, getting ready for the draft. Raiders, getting ready for the draft. Broncos, Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, getting ready <laughs> for the draft. I'm thinking, like, this is going to be a, a flat-out home field. Patrick Mahomes maybe goes lose two games at the most. And a lot of drop passes, which probably is not his fault but they're still losing games. Like, they lost to the Raiders last week. And, yeah. And then they got the Bengals, although the Bengals have a backup. But now I'm to the point, like, Brown and Macon pull them through if these receivers can't catch the ball. Defensively, I think they got Charles Amenehue, who played for the 49ers, which people don't understand. He's an underrated player. He can really play. So you add him with um, Chandler Jones. Is it? I think it's Chandler Jones. Or Chris Jones. Say. Chris Jones. Chris, excuse me. <laughs> correct, correct. So and, and people talk about, like, Chris Jones – in that mix, but you add Charles Minnehue, and then that defense was Spagnola has been playing pretty good. It's been better than what I expected it to be this season. And then you have Kansas City over there. Um, Travis Kelsey having a little bit too much fun, fun off the huh. field instead of on the field. I mean, so you, you got I mean, that. I ain't no sleep now. So you have that. And that's just my pick. Like, I think Kansas City Chiefs should have easily walked. The way from here, but now I'm gonna go to the NFC. I'm gonna give you a chance real quick. I got, I'm gonna have a surprise one for you, but go ahead. Uh, I think, uh, well, back to your point there, uh, real quick on, on the Chiefs. Yeah, it's a disappointing season. I think the most disappointing part is actually how they've handled the struggles, right? Like this, the the whining and complaining and all that kind right. of stuff that we've seen from Mahomes. I was like, like, I'm sorry, guys, like, be above this. It's it's really right. the first time in his career. Like, hey, guess what? Things around you aren't great. Right. They're saying everything was perfect initially, but yeah, guess what? You're gonna have to do a little bit more, and things aren't perfect. You have to find a way to work through this. And like complaining about the officials when like there's the, you know, Kadarius Tony offsides and all that kind of stuff. It's like you're complaining about the refs. Well, it's like you still had like second and fifteen. Like you still had like multiple chances to get a first down and like move the ball down the field. I'm like, that's not the reason why you lost, man. Like it's not. I'm like, don't be mad at the refs because they made the right call. It's just it's like. Anyway, it's just all that kind of stuff. Just like, <laughs> like you're just want like. Anyway, so there's yeah. that. All right, NFC. It's gotta be the Panthers, right? I mean, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. Because guess what? When you had Steve Wilkes last season for 12 games, you went six and six. During that 12 games, you have momentum. There's hope. There's an identity for your franchise, and you made all these moves. And it's just like you fired your head coach the same year you hired him. It's just bad. I'm like, this calendar year for 2023 for the Carolina Panthers, just you hired Frank Reich and you fired him in the same calendar year. It's like, back to square one. Like, what? 
here's the thing. This is not an indictment on Bryce. I mean, I think Bryce can actually right, be right, fine. Right. I think Bryce right. can actually be pretty fine. Um, but it's like everything that you made this season, like you try to be like build your team to win now. It's like, I'm, no, like <laughs> you gave up too many pieces to win right now. And you didn't bring in enough good ones to do it. Like you overvalued what your offensive line did last season because you right. did a great job running the ball, but their offensive line in terms of pass protection, still middle of the road, if not bottom half of the NFL in terms of pass protection. Right. And then you didn't do anything to add to it. You actually got rid of your two best offensive weapons in DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey at some point, you know, like, and you didn't do anything really to place them. Like Miles Sanders, really? Like that's your big addition? It's like, <laughs> I'm like, and you hadn't, so you didn't do anything to help the guy out. It's, it's just, it was a bad decision. I'm like, no, like they, they tried to rebuild without actually doing the rebuild. If that makes sense. I, I, I hate it because like they gave up they supposed to have the number one pick actually this season or maybe no that's two. the thing and, and now that's gone so now you have to figure out from what you got and hopefully make trades now Tepper has to spend a lot of money on Frank Wright which is probably I mean I, I understand he probably got fired but he went home with with with, with, with Christmas gifts early because nope. he gonna get paid for a while oh, you yeah. know even if he home if he decides to play in the NFL, if he doesn't, it's still going to be there. Um, that's the thing about the Panthers. This is a lot since he's took over, and it's just – for me, even though I'm a diehard 49ers fan, anybody knows me, it's sad seeing how the Panthers are demising right now because, like, it still should be a good season in North Carolina if the Panthers even legitimately are good. You got rid of Steve Wilkes, who may not be, in their mind, a strategic quarterback coach, but he's a players coach who's from Charlotte, who mm -hmm. understands players and knows how to get people riled up. Like, he was handed just scraps at the end of the season last season and still found a way to win. They was taking players away. Took Chris McCaffrey. They fired Matt Rue. They were taking players away, left to right, left to right, and he still was playing with what he was playing with. And it still was better than what they had. Now, bringing in Frank Wright, this NFL is different. I'm not saying Frank Wright isn't a, I don't know, I guess a good quarterback's coach. We play quarterback, so I assume, you know, I, I just didn't see it in Josh McCown. You get rid of all of them at the same time, mm -hmm. you know. So now this guy had me. We don't know who the coach going to be. But Bryce Young's definitely going to need a somebody that knows how to play the quarterback position, whether it's a, a QB a coach or offensive coordinator. They don't necessarily have to be the head coach, but he needs someone there that can kind of – Utilize him and, and understand what he needs as a quarterback. Go ahead, Dan. You ready? You ready to chop it up? Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's a failure on so many levels, and it uh, it all trickles down from David Tepper because he wanted to make the big move and he wanted to do the big thing, and it's it, they really did a disservice, I think, this year to Bryce. I mean, everything about this season to me was about all right. How are you developing Bryce Young? What's around Bryce? You know, if you made the playoffs and stuff this season, great, fine. But to me, the success of this season was all about the development of Bryce Young. And guess what? They didn't really do anything to really help the guy. Be especially when you look at the fact that this is this is where I put a lot of it on both Tepper and I put some of this on Frank Reich too, is you heard the reports or saw, read the reports in The Athletic about how when before Frank Reich got fired, there were coaches going to Scott Fitterer, the general manager, or going to David Tepper, the owner himself, saying, hey, you know what? You know, we should be doing this, but we're not because Frank wants to do this, blah, 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 X, Y, Z. And, you know, like, oh, Bryce needs to work on footwork. Well, the plan actually was, to, you know, to work on just his understanding of the playbook. And so your coaches weren't even on the same page. 
which I put a lot of that on Frank Reich. Like, everyone's got to be on the same page. But also, when you have an assistant coach that's going to the owner directly and saying stuff like this or the general manager, this is where you say, hey, stay right here. Sit. You call Frank. You bring Frank Reich into the office and say, hey, tell me what. Tell me again what you just told me. And then you sit there and say, oh, assistant coach, say, well, X, Y, Z, you know, we should be doing this, all this kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. It's like, here's the thing. You don't ever come into my office again. This is what David Tepper's got to say. You don't ever come into my office again if you have an issue with what he's doing. He's your boss. You do what he says. And if you have a problem with it, you can pack up your office. Like, that's what you need to do. Right. That's how you set things in order. That's like talk about rank and file, right? That's what you need to do. And guess what? If you don't agree, I'll. you know what? I'll pay you your contract out the rest of the season. I'll let you go coach somewhere else. But if you're not going to buy into what the head coach is saying, then don't ever come into my office again. Unless it's like, hey, I just want to let you know, uh, my wife uh, made deviled eggs. You know, if you want some, they're in the break room. Like, that's the only reason why, as an assistant coach, you should be going up to the owner or the general manager. If you have a problem with what the head coach is saying or what he's doing right now, the development of it, go to your head coach directly. That's simple as that. Like, right. to me, then you start hearing, again, all this finger pointing and the backstabbing and the politicking and all that stuff. Oof. Who did that help? <laughs> Nobody. 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 Then they, Everybody out the door. I mean, anyone that's worked in corporate America has dealt with that kind of stuff where, like, someone's, right. like, skipping over a boss and a superior to go to someone else. And it's like, you know what? He's your boss. This person's your boss. You do what this person says. And if you don't like it, find another job. Simple as that. Raw thoughts. My quick take, because I'm going to go to this part so I can get so we get up out of here. Um, Mine is actually on NFC because oh, the Panthers have, is the obvious. Mine is the Saints. The Saints okay. should by far yeah. should have by far blew this division out. Derek Carr goes there, supposed to be the savior. I'm still trying to figure out, like I told my guy on the show the other day, I don't know where to rank Derek Carr. I don't know where to rank Derek Carr at any level. I don't know if he's Above average, average, below average. He's really a question mark to me when it comes to QB play. Like, I just don't know. I don't know what I'm getting out of him. I know he left. I think he was supposed to be good. I'm still puzzled about him. So when I look at this team, even though he did have a few injuries, they have a lot of they have a talented roster, you know, offensively. With the, the way this season has went with the Panthers, Atlanta Falcons, surprisingly, Tampa Bay has been playing well. But if you looked at this season, you would easily say before the season started, the Saints should have outright won this division. That hasn't happened. Yeah. And, and Tampa Bay is winning. So, you know, you know, we didn't think the Panthers would be this bad, but we also didn't expect the Panthers to win the NFC South. You know, so <laughs> that that part to me. Go ahead before I go to the next side. Uh, yeah, I'd say, yeah, the Saints, it's just Michael Thomas can't stay healthy. Alvin Kamara has a suspension early on in the season, and, and, and Derek Horace has been beat up. Like the dude's playing with like a rib injury, a back injury, a shoulder injury, he's had a concussion. I think there was like a knee or ankle injury in there too i think possibly the dude's just been beat up too he's still trying to find a way to to both throw it but yeah it's just i don't know it's they have some big good they have some really good pieces and some big ones but i don't know it's just not it's not fitting there it's not it's not fitting right over there no question no question all right so the last topic of the day before we get off the show is all what right. i call and this is actually something that he does not know about people on this show. It's what I do at the end of the show. The Raw oh. Thought Sports Minute. All that right, means you me. have a minute to talk about any topic oh. that you want to talk about in sports. I have to say sports. I had a guy coming here talking about some 
some kid came here a while back, Raw Thoughts, talking about him and his girlfriend making out. He got caught. I said, they ain't got nothing to do with sports. Raw Thoughts, they ain't got nothing to do with sports. So I had to be specific in saying the Raw Thoughts Sports Minute. I don't know why that came up, but that was some Raw Thoughts, and I had to tell you that. And that's okay. the show. Of the show. <laughs> so you got a chance to um think about. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no stories of me and my girlfriend on this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry to disappoint all the people watching this one right now. Sorry about that. Um <laughs> They have different sites for those. Uh, but all right. <laughs> so, all right. So I got 60 seconds. Yes, it's 60, 60 all right, seconds. All right, 60 seconds. All right. Clock me. I do not understand why the hiring process in the NFL, when it comes to coaches, why we continue mm -hmm. to just retread and recycle through the exact same people. I don't understand how owners in the NFL and people in front office, people who are paid paid mm -hmm. professionals to try and figure out how to assemble a coaching staff and hire head coaches can't get this thing right. Look at some of the guys that were hot head coaching names last offseason. Ken Dorsey, Mike Kafka. What are those guys doing right now? Oh, wait, nothing. Ken Dorsey got fired as the offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills early this season. Oh, but that guy was like a head coaching candidate for some people. Hey, Kellen Moore, you got let go by the by the Detroit, I'm sorry, by the Dallas Cowboys last season. They got picked up by the by the uh by the Chargers. How are things working out for you? You're not Mike Kafka, same thing. I don't understand why we keep trying to like reach for coaches and actually find as like quote unquote, these offensive gurus to be head coaches, as opposed to finding people who can actually lead men like what Dan Campbell is doing in Detroit. Dan Campbell never really was a coordinator, but he knows how to lead guys. Right. And he's been in the position of the NFL player before he knows how to grind as a special teamer and all that stuff. He gets what NFL players are going through. Why can't we find more guys like that to be head coaches in the league? All right. So pretty good. Mine is raw thoughts, raw thoughts, and it's random. Um, not random excuse, NBA. Draymond Green. Ah. This is the end of the this is the end of the Warriors dynasty. Because I'm gonna tell you what, regardless of what we like about Draymond Green, his situation was handled. It's the end of the Warriors dynasty. He's he's done a lot of things from a role player standpoint, defensively, offensively. I hate the things he's done. I, I hate the situation happened to him. But there's nobody else that can fill his shoes on that role play. You can't ask their career to do what he could do. We like Clay Thompson, he can kind of play both sides of the basketball. Um, he got rid of Jordan Poole last season, so that, that's the whole another issue. But asking somebody to come in to do a lot of things that Draymond Green does from the heart, the rebounding, to actually the offense that the Golden State Warriors run is basically not a person with the ball. And every now and then you may see Steph with the ball and does what he does. It's usually going through Draymond. Draymond is finding them guys. It's a lot of ball movement, a lot of plays. And when they get the ball, they're usually in scoring mode, you know, with the exception outside of Steph Curry here and there, taking those shots. Now, you know, with Drake Monkey hit the shots, rebound, he does a lot of dirty work. This team is not going to be the same because you need that one person. I don't know if they have that person on that roster for them. But I will say this. He done a lot. He's done a lot is what the people say and what we say. Mm -hmm. But it's only one team that I know. He still has a shot. He's, he probably spending it definitely, but it's only one team that's going to pick him up. I don't, everybody else may say, no, we're not touching him. It's only one team and one team only. It's because he is – Still the face, regardless of what we think of the NBA, and that's the Lakers. And he's with Rich Paul. They're the only team they probably pick him up and give him a shot. Now, what he do it is what I say in life. I give you a shot. But what you do with your shot, that's on you. But, mm -hmm. but you only get one shot. I don't think no other team would actually put, pick him up. You know, teams that are not really good, he probably wouldn't even accept. 
because of the nature of the situation. Like, if he goes to Detroit right now, with their horrendous season right now, even though he's from that area, Ooh. he's probably going to say, no, I'm good. I'm just going to sit out the rest of the season. But the Lakers are the only team that will probably pick him up. Everybody else probably like, you know what? We're good. But go ahead. I'm gonna let you go ahead and finish that. I, it, Draymond, and everything's self-inflicted, man. Like, let's. It, it just seems like he has no self-awareness. Whew. He, he talked about last season at the end of the year. It's like, yeah, like, you know, not not a lot of guys, you know, showed up. You know, what really want to show up to work and all that kind of stuff. Like, the, right. you know, like, I'm like, I'm sorry. Did you forget punching your teammate in the face? Like, you set this all <laughs> off. Like, you punched your teammate. Like, you set this up. I'm like, dude, where's the self-awareness, man? Like, it's. I'm sorry, man. Like. You just turn around and just like, just threw a straight, Oof. straight right onto somebody because he what bodied you up in the post, like dude. Yeah, <laughs> and then like he you like, tries act like he's the victim. I'm like, uh, nah, man, you threw the punches. <laughs> no one made you do that. And it's weird that people always try to compare him, try to say like he's Dennis Rodman or something. I'm like, no, Dennis Rodman did not do that. This Rodman would do stuff under the whistle in a way to get under your skin, but never to oh, yeah. choke the hit. You know, he's never been that. <laughs> and I keep trying to explain that to people. Like, he never did that. You know, he probably mm -hmm. do stuff. He may, you know, tap um Carmelo on the butt or something like that. You know, something like that. It's not like he's, uh, I'm going to kick him in the balls or I'm going to just yeah, get him exactly. and punch him like, type of stuff. You know, he hasn't done that. It's a different world. Go ahead. Go ahead. Dennis. I was like, I'm going to go full Seth Rollins on this guy. Just, you know, <laughs> curb stomp somebody I'm like, what? <laughs> come on man with that being said man that's all for raw mind sports we had dennis dennis let them know where they can find you uh follow me on on x instagram all the places at the fan rookie you can follow me there also 99.9 the fans youtube page this is where panthers playbook can be found as well as your podcast platforms uh feel free to interact in the comment section i like getting in uh, actually there's something out there. I had a, a caller on the show I was hosting today. Uh, Try to de defend David Tepper. <laughs> and saying that I, I, Tepper's I gotta be, doing I a good job. I need to see this, uh, this playbook of the Panthers. So I know you probably have some very intriguing for me. It's, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, yes, someone tried to defend David Tepper. <laughs> anyway, that's on 99.9 The Fans YouTube page. So just go check it out. <laughs> well, that's all we got. Roll mine, roll thoughts is out. Dennis Cox, 99.9 The Fan.